Hello everyone, I'm Zen, and welcome to my thoughts. It's episode three! I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) In today's episode, we're going to be talking about my spiritual awakening. But first, I feel like I should define spiritual awakening. Now, I actually didn't know the definition. I knew the concept. I knew what it meant, but putting it into words was difficult. So I googled it as one does. I did find two definitions. The first definition is from a website called A Soulful Rebellion, and it says a spiritual awakening is a call to higher consciousness and deeper mental awareness. The process of spiritual awakening brings about personal transformation and a shift in one's worldview. Another website, tridents.com, defines spiritual awakening as an extraordinary moment when a person reaches a point in their existence when they begin to question their old beliefs, practices, and customs of living. Thus, they have a wake-up experience of life. After my research, I came up with my own definition. So spiritual awakening, to me, is becoming aware of what I believe, what I am doing, and who I am, with or without material attachments. Even if the answer to those questions is, I don't know. I feel like being aware of the fact that you don't know who you are and what you believe and your relationship with this world is valid. And it is actually exactly how I started my spiritual awakening. So for me to tell you about my spiritual awakening, I need to take it back to that moment. And that is college. I know, I know, I know. Some backstory, I just, I recently graduated college in May. Yay! Uh, uh. (laughs) So something to note before I begin is that while I was figuring out this timeline and outlining it and hopefully in a way to explain this a little better, a little easier, and for you to understand, I realized environmental changes actually played a very important role in my life. Well, I know that environment shapes people. I just didn't realize how much I relied on it. (laughs) So let's start with when I first entered college, EOF. EOF stands for Educational Opportunity Fund. It's for low-income students and for first-generation students. So you being the first person in your family to go to college. That's me. You get more money. You get like a guidance counselor, you get access to classes and events, etc. The catch is that you actually have to start the summer before your freshman year. So I turned 18 on June 19th, graduated high school June 23rd, started EOF June 25th. That was a busy week. (laughs) So when I went off to EOF, first of all, high school was so bad for me. (laughs) A lot of stuff happened in my high school time. Family issues, being evicted, living with my father, then living with my grandmother, then living with a friend, and then living with my grandmother again. And then finally having a place where me and my mom could live together with their cat happened a little later in my high school career 
And I just really wanted to get the hell out of my hometown. I wanted to go. I went to the same high school my brother went to and my mom went to. And I just felt like, oh my God, I'm on the road to staying here forever. And I don't like it here. I felt like this town was a reminder of all the shit that happened to me. And hopefully I'll get into all that one day. So I just wanted to go. So when my mom dropped me off for EOF, I was not sad. I was ready. I was yeah, I, I was just hyped. This is it. This is what I needed. A new place, a new start. Boom. Great. I think EOF was pretty easy for me because it reminded me of high school. You know, we were all in the same building. I saw the same faces every day, took the same classes. So being in the same building with the same people, you get intimate with these people and it's easier for me. I think I have an easier time connecting with people when I'm in like a small environment. (laughs) So when it came to freshman year, I was like, this is easy. I got this. I've already done this before. I already got credits. I know how the campus is. I know how to take the buses. I know some people. I'm ahead of the game, okay? I got an advantage. LOL. Famous last words. Famous last words. That's embarrassing. So embarrassing. <laughs> Freshman year was when the spiritual awakening hit. And when I tell you this shit hit hard, Freshman year, I was pretty much a hermit, leaning heavy on my introvertedness, okay? And I felt super lonely. My roommate at the time, who is one of my soulmates, she's my best friend, and I love her so much. (laughs) And I still do. And if I think about her long enough, I will cry. I love her so much. However, her being an introvert, (laughs) more of an introvert than me, I just, I felt like it just made me want to stay inside more, you know? I'd ask her, I'd be like, should we go outside? And she'd be like, no. And I'd be like, okay. We won't go outside. (laughs) The difference between EOF and freshman year is that EOF, I went home on the weekends. Freshman year, I was there. Through the weekends, through the week, I was just there. And that's when I realized, holy shit, am I a family-oriented person? (laughs) Why is this so hard for me? With some reflection, I know why. (laughs) That year... My family was having some problems, you know. My mom and my brother were arguing a lot. And my mom was dating a guy nobody liked. (laughs) And my brother was having a hard time accepting that my mom is her own person. And she has to learn on her own. And so he was trying to tell her what to do. The problem with them is they're very alike and they're very similar. I am more like my father in the sense that I'm much more of a listener. I don't like arguing. I'd rather have a conversation. And if you're yelling at me, we're not going to get anywhere because I don't respond to hostility well. (laughs) And so they were having a problem. And then my grandma's more comfortable with me. She has bad anxiety. And so she likes when I accompany her places. I guess I comfort her. And then there's this whole thing with my dad where my parents are separated and me and him had problems because, yes, I have hashtag daddy issues. Ha. Yes, we all saw that coming. And through all that, I found myself being the mediator. My mom would come to me for advice or to vent. My brother would come to me for to vent. My grandma would come to me to vent. Everyone would come to me to vent about each other. And I didn't realize 
while doing that that I was losing myself and losing my own voice. In fact, I'm not sure if I ever had one. <laughs> if I did, it's hard to remember. Maybe when I was like a really little kid, but I spent so long listening to everyone's problems, giving them advice, being a shoulder to lean on that I forgot who I was when they weren't there. So when I found myself in my dorm freshman year, I found myself in silence a lot. And that made me so uncomfortable. Like, I didn't have a voice. Who the hell am I if I'm not fixing anyone else's life? And so freshman year, I had so many breakdowns and none of it had to do with school. It had everything to do with I didn't know who I was and I was freaking out. It felt like I was with my whole family in a car and we were driving on a road trip. I fell asleep on the road trip and I woke up and I was on the side of the road and my family were long gone and I'm like wait what the fuck <laughs> y'all just gonna leave me out here I need y'all what the fuck are you doing <laughs> I didn't realize I held on to my family's issues as a clutch and I held on so tight that the fact that they let me go all of a sudden I was like there's no transitional period I didn't get any warning what the fuck do I hold on to now it feels like I'm falling fast and I don't know what to do. And I had many, many breakdowns. I felt like I didn't know how to express that at the time. And instead I would just like randomly like break down crying all of a sudden. Like out of nowhere, I'd just be like, <sighs> remember before when I said, because I attended EOF, I thought freshman year was in my bag. I had it. It was done. Easy cake. Remember that? <laughs> Life is funny. Life is really funny. <laughs> I went home that summer. <sighs> and that summer was weird for me. Because I, I think me becoming aware of this codependency issue that I had on my family, specifically on my mom, made it harder. And I remember I got a job and I went to work, came home, worked out, ate, and that's it. Went to sleep, did that all over again. So when sophomore year came, I actually cried when my mom dropped me off. It was so strange, and I think it was strange for her too. I didn't, I never had a problem leaving my mom to go to school, and that was the first time I did because I, I again, I was aware that I had this clutch on my mom, this hold on her. And I just didn't want to relive freshman year. <laughs> I didn't want to feel alone and I wasn't ready to sit in my own silence. I wasn't ready to sit with myself. I wasn't ready to face that truth. So I was resisting this awakening that was happening. I was resisting it. I didn't want it. I didn't want it. And I literally just started crying. And I, I feel like I recorded it and it's somewhere on my YouTube. I don't know. <laughs> But my mom was like caught off guard. She's like, oh my God, why are you crying? <laughs> and then she started crying. <laughs> we were just holding each other crying. I had an attachment on that woman. <laughs> my lovely mother. <laughs> and that's because trauma bond. Trauma bonding. <laughs> you know, me and my mom were homeless and me and my mom were so close and for a while we were all each other and for a while we were the only people we had <laughs> and so my mom confided in me and you know we just got closer and there are better ways to bond yes yes there is <laughs> and because of that trauma bond 
I felt like we didn't have boundaries. I didn't know it at the time. I didn't get there. We aren't there yet. But I didn't realize we had little to no boundaries. Legit little to no boundaries. So me and my mom may have been too close, um, but I still love our relationship and I cherish it. So sophomore year was the year I cut off all my hair. And you know that saying, when a girl changes her hair, it's probably because she's going through something. Yup. <laughs> yup. It's the same for a reason, because it's true. Because <laughs> it's fucking true. Yeah, I cut off all my hair. The reason was because I realized that my hair started to become my personality. It became my clutch. I have so many clutches. I have been holding on to so many external things to validate me to comfort me to hide behind to protect me and there's nothing wrong protecting yourself but protecting yourself to the point where like you feel like you're not existing without it it's weird I don't know I just didn't want that I felt like people didn't see me I felt like people saw my hair you know I was the girl with the big hair the afro And I was just like, yeah, no, I'm cutting this shit off. I'm cutting the whole thing off, and I made a whole video about it. (laughs) And uh, I went to the salon. It was like America Next Top Model when they're doing like a huge transformation and everyone's watching. Like, (gasps) that's how it felt. And I actually got emotional. Like, I didn't cry because I didn't want to cry in front of people, but I wanted to when she made that first cut. And the next day when I woke up with all my hair off, I was like, Now, this is towards the end of sophomore year. I do want to say sophomore year was also when I wasn't eating enough. That was the smallest I ever was. I wasn't eating. And I had the same roommate, my soulmate. Her name is Annabelle. Hi. She would be like, you need to eat. And I generally forget. And my mom would constantly tell me yogurt isn't food. <laughs> and I'd be like, then why is it edible? Why can I eat it? <laughs> like a smart ass. <laughs> And it's crazy because I look back on those photos and I'm like, whoa, I don't look healthy. Especially when I cut off all my hair. I just looked so small. And it's nothing wrong with being small, but I was too small for me. Like, if you see my body now, I mean, it feels, it looks like I'm proportional. It makes sense, right? But you could just tell that I wasn't doing good at all. I just wasn't taking care of myself. I remember I was talking to a guy. This is where boys entered my life. Sophomore year. Sophomore year was when boys entered my life. (laughs) I was talking to this guy. And my depression was really hard that year. Freshman year. College. Just college. It was hard. And so I was going through it. And I was telling this guy about it. And he said, it's probably just your period. And I was like, what? (laughs) What? Don't let anyone tell you that. And even if it is your period, your feeling is still valid. It's still a feeling and you still felt it. Shit. Don't try to just validate my feeling because it's my period. If anything, it's even more valid, you idiot. So I cut him off. I remember my friends were so shocked that I cut him off. But I was like, No, I'm cutting off anything that does not serve me. I cut off my hair. I'm cutting off people, period. Incoming my tester boyfriend. (laughs) My tester boyfriend, um, 
I call him my tested boyfriend because we dated for a short while. We were friends before, then we dated, and then we broke up. Basically, he was my first everything. Uh, my first real kiss. <laughs> my first real makeout sesh. My first real sexual partner. My first everything. And I feel like we were both going through a lot of shit mentally. We were going through a lot of shit and he became a clutch because I felt like I could fix him and he was more than willing to allow me to. What a bad combination. <laughs> we both ended up depending on each other. He depended on me to not only bring him happiness with is so much pressure to put on someone to make you happy he also just depended on me to like help make him better and feel better and me depending on him was me postponing my transformation and healing myself by spending all my time trying to heal him and so the whole time we were dating, I was fully aware that this wasn't going to last. This was not sustainable. But I'm going to hold on to this mess until I can't hold on anymore. That's the tea. He finally broke up with me and I made him do it over the phone because I couldn't wait because I knew he wanted to tell me something. He was like, I'll tell you in person. I was like, no, I have anxiety. I'm going to be thinking about this all day, every day. Please tell me now. So he told me. And I cried, sobbed for three days, and then uh, got an internship to distract me. God, I always need to hold on to something. That's what I realized sophomore year. I'll be holding on to shit like no other. And that wasn't the last thing that I held on to. No, no, no. Enter junior year, baby. Enter junior year. I have a new roommate who ended up being such a close friend of mine. Hi, Millie. And... <laughs> She was my first friend who, like, wasn't in the medical field. She was actually creative. She's a singer. Go follow her Instagram. I'll put it in the description below. <laughs> she is an extrovert, and she had college experiences. I want you to realize this whole time that I was in college, like, I wasn't experiencing anything other than mental turmoil. <laughs> like... I wasn't going out. I didn't really go to Rutgers. People would be like, you go here? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm in debt here. So I did go out with her occasionally. Still not a lot. Definitely still stayed home. One of the big things I decided to do subconsciously or consciously, I'm not fully aware. I decided to do the opposite of what I've been doing. So I went out a little more. Like I said, I went out a little more, a little bit bit a dash not a lot a dash and uh junior year was a big sex 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 year for me sex turned into one of my clutches who would have thought i mean who would have thought it would happen <laughs> junior year i started talking to an aries but he was emotionally unavailable uh, so that didn't end well i actually did like him he taught me how to kiss right <laughs> he gave me my first hickey but he was emotionally unavailable and I couldn't handle that. So I, I sabotaged the whole thing and I ended up sleeping with this guy that I, 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 I didn't really know well. Yeah, I had a breakdown after he left in the morning. I had a breakdown and my 
wife, Annabelle, <laughs> drove all the way from her house and she lived far away. She drove all the way from her house with an air mattress to spend the night with me because I was going fucking through it. I did tell the Aries about it. Um, he said it was fine, but it obviously wasn't fine. And then we stopped talking. So there was that. And it <laughs> then after that, I had a friends with benefits. I still have the same friend. We have no benefits because I put a boundary. I'm currently celibate. So maybe we could talk about that in another podcast. But I had a friends with benefits because at first he brought it up and I was like, nah, that's not really who I am. And then I was like, maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's the way I need to be. So I had a sex with benefits. Here's the problem with that. I was trying to be quote unquote cool. I was trying to be the kind of girl who like could like not get emotionally attached to the person she's sleeping with and the person who doesn't need a relationship i'm a free spirit i don't need that shit and if you are this person that's who you really are great it was not who i was i was i was resisting again guys i was resisting who i truly was i'm not i am a relationship girl i'll say it I'll say it. I'm a relationship girl. Have I ever been in a long-term relationship? No, but that's who I am. And I was just trying to be this cool, laid-back girl. And I, you know what? I think I am cool and I think I am laid-back, but I also am sensitive and I'm also really, really emotional and I get attached easily. So I can't just sleep with multiple people because I don't have the energy to have so many emotional partners. (laughs) that's too much for me but that's something I had to discover and I did end up liking the friends of benefits guy that was inevitable I'm looking back and I'm like obviously that was going to happen I was denying it skip to senior year senior year was when I was like you know what maybe I need a change in environment again so I came back home I commuted I took the train it took me about an hour and 30 minutes yep yep I did that But I felt like that was necessary. I had to go back to where it started. I had to go back to my roots. I had to come back home, spend time with myself, stop trying to be this, stop trying to be that, just be and accept whatever that looks like then. So I remember senior year, I was trying with clothes again and I was taking pictures. Senior year was still hard. I mean, graduating college in a pandemic was what made it hard the panic attacks that i had was crazy but senior year was when i realized okay i need to have boundaries and i need to understand why am i holding on to these things and it's because i'm avoiding taking care of myself that's why and i remember i actually sat down with my mom i didn't sit down with her i texted her and it felt like we were breaking up (laughs) it really felt like we were breaking up i was like mom i feel like we're holding on to each other and i love you and you know i love our relationship and i love how we could trust each other and i love that we could talk to each other openly in ways that you know unfortunately other people can't talk to their mother i love that but i'm noticing that by having no boundaries it's like we're holding each other back and you know the older i was getting you know i was going out with people and you know i'm sexually active and all this stuff and 
since we didn't have boundaries i didn't know what i could tell my mom and what couldn't i and i don't think she did either and it was weird and so i was telling her things need to change and i was crying and my mom was crying and she agreed and it really felt like a breakup and i remember telling a friend i don't know who it was but they were like oh my god you're so dramatic but it's like this is really serious this is a serious thing me and my mom the umbilical cord was never cut we held on to each other for dear life because no one else made us feel as safe as we did to each other. Whoa, that just came to me. That wasn't a note. That just came to me. Holy shit. Yeah. And so that conversation was necessary. That was when I came home. I came home and felt like a different person. You know, I realized like I just needed to start over. So currently I'm realizing that I never existed anywhere i existed in my head a lot i thought a lot i tried to rationalize things a lot i tried to come up with the why a lot and you know sometimes there is a why but i feel like coming to terms with the fact that not everything has a reason and not everything needs a reason as some things you just have to let be is freeing and that's where i am right now realizing that I don't need to know why. Why am I a relationship person? Who knows? Maybe I'll figure that out. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to drive myself crazy. I'm not going to stress myself out. I'm not going to go down that hole. I'm just going to accept that this is who I am. This is who I am. And I think I'm pretty great. (laughs) I think I'm pretty awesome. You know, I felt like, and I still feel like, that I am a wallflower not many people know that I exist and if people know me they know of me not people not many people know me and partly it's because I didn't know me and I'm still having trouble explaining me (laughs) and the trouble is that I hate explaining me I just want to be me and that's it I don't want to explain anything I just want to go about my life I don't know I'm still trying to figure myself out. And that's okay. That's okay, you know? I remember when I was younger, people would be like, wait until you get into the real world. I hate that saying. I hate that saying because we're all in the real world. The real world is tough no matter what age. Just because you started paying bills doesn't make all of a sudden you're in the real world. No, now you just have more responsibility. (laughs) The real world has always been here life is tough life is great life is exhausting life is exhilarating so i think once you have a spiritual awakening you just keep reaching new levels i don't know if there is an end and i'm not sure if i want one you know i think we came down to earth for a reason and i feel like being on earth is just to continue that spiritual journey I'm still new to this and I'm learning every day and I've learned a lot about myself just doing this podcast in general. So thank you for allowing me to figure myself out on a public platform. (laughs) Truly appreciate it. This is very therapeutic for me. This may be the longest episode I've ever done. I, I feel like this is the longest one. I hope you enjoyed it and I will see you soon. Stay zen. Thank you.